This is Until All Are Free. I'm your host, Preston Goff. Um, okay, I'm, I've started recording. Um, so at this point, um, we're, we're good to go. On this episode, we have the honor of hearing from Gabriela Aquino, Chief of Investigation of Organized Crime with the Brazilian Federal Police. We'll also get to hear from Cynthia Morelos de Acevedo, the Brazilian liaison for the Exodus Road. While exact numbers are hard to come by, according to the Global Slavery Index on any given day in 2016, which is the most recent year they published their annual report, there were more than 365,000 people in conditions of modern slavery in Brazil. Now this translates to 1.8 people living in modern slavery per 1,000 people in Brazil. Many experts believe that these numbers are actually vastly underrepresentative of the current circumstances, especially due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It's with these realities in mind that the Exodus Road began to seek out sharp-minded leaders in Brazil's various federal and local police entities. We wanted to imagine a solution that might leave a lasting impact on Brazil's fight against human trafficking. And so the question that we asked was this, what if we were able to bring together the sharpest minds in Brazil? These are native nationals who could appeal to the citizens of their own country. And what if we could shape and distribute a fully online training platform that would be offered for free to law enforcement? De acordo com o gestor de capacitação da Polícia Civil, Fabiano Barroso, os policiais civis estão recebendo treinamento online por meio da plataforma digital Traffic Watch Academy. O curso inclui The Exodus Road is excited to share that Traffic Watch Academy Brazil is officially a reality and is currently being deployed to law enforcement throughout the country. As we celebrate this launch, I want to give you a chance to hear from both Gabriela and Cynthia today. We talked about survivor-centric intervention practices, the role that law enforcement can play in seeing all of the factors at play in a potentially exploitative scenario, and what each of these women hope for their country in the coming decade and beyond. Gabriela and Sinchez interviews took place in their native Portuguese, but we've secured a translator, who you'll hear alongside their audio. We'll jump into the conversation and hear from Gabriela first. I'd love to just start by asking Gabriela to just introduce herself to us and tell me just a little bit about her role and what she does for Brazil. Vamos lá então. Eh, eu sou delegada de Polícia Federal. Um, okay, so I've been a federal police officer for about 16 years now, and I started working in the extreme south of Brazil, in the state of Rio Grande do Sul. I've worked in different police departments throughout the countryside of, of the state, as well as in Brasilia and the capital, working with the department that fights human trafficking and forced labor in Brazil. Wow. One of the things that um, we're trying to understand, right, as we learn more about human trafficking in Brazil is just what's misunderstood about human trafficking in Brazil. What's one thing that people don't often understand, even within Brazil, about human trafficking? Bom, o tráfico humano no Brasil, ele ainda é um pouco mal entendido porque é muito relacionado ao tráfico para exploração sexual unicamente. 
So the human trafficking in Brazil is very misunderstood because it's very much related to the forced sexual exploitation of victims. Porém, desde 2016, nós temos uma lei nova, 13.344, que trouxe o tráfico de pessoas no Brasil para o capítulo dos crimes contra a liberdade individual. Então, hoje, nós temos mais de um motivo para tráfico de pessoas no Brasil. Since 2016, a new law was passed, a uh, law 13.344, which changed human trafficking to encompass more than just sexual trafficking. And so now we have a greater complexity to understand the crime in Brazil. Uh, and so since then, uh, human trafficking has been understood with a variety of different sectors, whether that's sexual exploitation or forced labor or um, organ removal. This has given the ability to law enforcement in order to, for them to have greater responsibility and greater understanding of how they ought to act in order to combat this. Can you tell me what some of the challenges might be? So there's there's new laws that really open and broaden what it means, what human trafficking encompasses, but that's just the policy side of it. In actuality, how how are things progressing in terms of the the common person understanding the prevalence of human trafficking in Brazil? Na polícia, os oficiais são treinados para reprimir, para prender, para encarcerar. E esse perfil do policial, in traditional police and law enforcement training, officers are taught to repress crime, to arrest and uh, to see the criminal before they see the victim. And this doesn't necessarily fit into the reality of human trafficking crimes, where the victim is often vulnerable and is not part of the crime itself. And so uh, she believes that it's necessary to be greater like consciousness in the minds of officers when dealing with crimes in order to recognize them as a human liberties crime and not necessarily attributing the crime itself to somebody who's merely a victim of it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Can you can you share? She was going to give an example. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to ask. (laughs) Okay, so she is saying that um, there was a case where in the south of Brazil with the border with Paraguay, there was a factory that was an illegal factory of production of cigarettes where there were about 70 workers And when the police came in and saw what was occurring, they had a very difficult time distinguishing whether to arrest these people for the crimes that they were technically committing and being a part of criminal activity or characterizing them as victims of forced labor and human trafficking for forced labor in Brazil. Uh, But thankfully, um, they were able to actually assure the human rights of these people and see them as victims of a crime as opposed to criminals being a part of this greater organized crime. Can you detail some of the like, best practices that go into um, the handling of a human trafficking case that um, maybe is being taught through Traffic Watch Academy? Um, so she's saying that one of the most important things and actually very admirable things that happen in Brazil is a sort of joining of different law enforcement agencies and and actual ministries. So whether it's like the Ministry of Justice, et cetera, where they come together and act together in order to 
help victims. And so these actions, I missed the... Qual foi o nome do, do grupo? Grupo de Fiscalização Móvel. So it's a fiscalization, it's a mobile fiscalization group where different um, law enforcement agents come together and they act about four times a month, she said. And there's a lot of emphasis on actually taking in the victims where they provide um, help, they give them a place to stay, and they even help relocate victims to their places of origin should they desire so. And so I guess the main message of this is that there is, of course, that aspect of repressing and addressing the crime, but also of taking in the victim and assessing their needs as well. Wow. Um, so I, I watched um, your module uh, content and um, used Google Translate to make sure that I was understanding. And it was really clear that you care a lot about survivor rights. And we've heard that right through this whole interview. Um, I wonder if you could just tell me, like, what are some of the actual like practices that law enforcement here, but around the world can do to help care for survivors and treat them as victims um, and as survivors, not as criminals? Como policiais, nós não temos como fazer muito. Mas esse trabalho conjugado, esse trabalho coordenado... I guess the most important thing, uh, per what she's saying, is a coordinated, a joint effort as the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, a police officer will arrest the criminal and will do that part of the job. But many times the victim is left alone and abandoned. So a joint effort with health ministries, with social services and public assistance is very imperative. Because at the end of the day, when victims are left behind after a criminal is arrested, their only condition, whether even if it's a horrible condition, is taken away from them. And so if there is no proper support in order to give that victim the steps necessary to set them up for something else, then they're left abandoned and they're turned into a victim all over again. And so in Brazil, like in Brazilian society, I think that that's the most um, important thing is working together with multiple sectors of public governments. Yeah, I've read a lot about just uh, the importance of record keeping through the whole process so a survivor doesn't have to constantly share that story over and over and over to prevent that, that re-traumatization. So that makes a lot of sense. Tell me, what is your hope for Traffic Watch Academy for Brazil? How do you think it will um, help empower and wh what do you hope that it'll help, it'll help accomplish in five and 10 years? Um, my biggest hope is that we keep moving forward. Um, it's been 16 years that I've been working with this and in the last 10, we've already seen some progress, especially due to increased uh, interest by civil society. And so the law that she mentioned earlier, law 13,444, um, was already a big step toward the right direction. And so I guess the biggest hope is that this continues, that public interest is uh, very much alive and pushing forward for justice and victims' rights. So while there is a single person who is given a price uh, we are failing as a society. And so the biggest hope is that we 
don't live in this reality anymore because at the end of the day that's the core of what human trafficking is is the monetization is making somebody a good instead of actually a person yeah yeah we uh we often say that we'll be in it until all are free right and that's actually the name of this podcast until all are free um this is hard work you said you've been at it for nearly two decades um what keeps you inspired and encouraged in the midst of it? It's, it's difficult work. Um, from, for her personally, she says that motherhood is a very important and um, a driving force that inspires her every day. Uh, she used the term of like renewal, um, a constant inspiration because uh, she says that when you're a mother, all of the problems of the world must be solved as soon as possible. And she has three daughters, which only makes it into a greater importance to her in in fighting this, the good fight. Um, I just had a baby. I have a, an eight-month-old, so I'm just beginning to, to understand that reality. Um, and I'm not a mother, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, final question, is there anything that you want to talk about as it relates to Traffic Watch Academy or human trafficking or your work that I haven't asked you about that you'd just love to, to talk about? So, she'd like to say congratulations and thank you for all of the work that the Exodus Road has been doing and continues to do. She says that Exodus Road makes a huge difference, which is very important and in a very a very fundamental crime that must be fought. And so she's saying congratulations and thank you for, for the work. And she puts herself as at um, our disposal to continue this work and everything. Yeah. Well, I just want to say two things. One, a lot of that thanks should go to Cynthia because Cynthia has, <laughs> is just a, a phenomenal um, representative of the Exodus Road and has worked so hard. So I just want to congratulate her and say thanks. <laughs> but I also just want to extend thanks to you because it's um, none of this is possible without people like you, Gabriela. Um, and it's an honor for us. Honestly, it's it's all the honor for us to, to get to link arms with you um, in this. So I just appreciate it. And thank you for, for coming on to the podcast. I'm excited to, to get to share um, this with the world. So We're going to take a quick break. But when we return, I'm thrilled to introduce you to the Exodus Road's Brazilian liaison, Cynthia Morales de Acevedo. Stay with us. Hey, I know that every person has their own personal motivation for being involved as an advocate or abolitionist in this fight. For me, I've seen exploitation up close and there's this thing inside of me that just grips and won't let go. I can't turn away from what I've seen and so I choose to lean in. Maybe you're here because you can't imagine your loved ones being victimized by human trafficking and that motivates you to create a world where others aren't either. But listen, no matter your motivation, we need you here and we need you to be part of this fight. One of the most important ways that you can get involved with the Exodus Road is by joining our search and rescue community. Search and rescue members ensure our teams can continue to perform the work of investigation and aftercare each month. 
A gift of $40 funds one night of investigation. My wife and I are part of the search and rescue community and we cherish seeing the regular reports of successful rescues. I'm telling you, it's the best notification that we receive each month and I don't want you to miss out on that. So learn more and join us today by visiting theexodusroad.com rescue. Let's get back to the episode. My name is Cynthia, and I work in Brazil, representing the Exodus Road in Brazil, and our training for all the police exist in Brazil today. So my name is Cynthia, and I work as a representative of the Exodus Road in Brazil, where my main goal is to bring uh, training and the resources of the Exodus Road to as many police officers and law enforcement agencies in Brazil as possible. I identify very much with Gabriela because I, I grew up in Brazil from a family that was very humble, very simple, and I'm now able to recognize the vulnerabilities that come with that circumstances. And I know that human trafficking is a crime that's very much underreported in Brazil, but it's also very much rooted in a diverse in a diversity of other crimes as well. And so due to its underreporting, there's also a lack of awareness of the presence of the crime in Brazilian society. Yeah, I I think all of that can feel distinctly overwhelming, right? It can feel that way on a global level, but on a national level, it sounds like, you know, trying to to change systems of underreporting, that's a really difficult um, thing to do. So I'm wondering, as you look in at your own home country, where do you think there are opportunities for change? And and how how can the Exodus Road respond? So when I began working, I thought of a Brazil that no one was looking at where there is no public power or even financing. And this reality in Brazil, it's very, very different what we see in the North versus the South or even the Northeast. And the circumstances in Pará, for instance, which is a, a state that's huge, or even in Amazonas, which is a huge uh, state and where victims sometimes don't even exist in the public system because they didn't have something as simple as a birth certificate. And so, for instance, in the circumstances in these northern states where a lot of the times victims don't even have something as simple as an ID or identification, um, the men are often trafficked to mines in in Suriname, and the women are trafficked to become sexual um, slaves of those for those men who are working in these mines. And so, what happens a lot of the time is that police officers can't even act because they don't know who they're supposed to be protecting. They don't know who the victims even are in the system, and so the victims remain unseen. Yeah. So talk to me about how how we can change that. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I, I guess what I'm getting at, Sincha, is um, you know we've we've given birth to this Traffic Watch Academy program um, as what we see as a solution. So I wonder if you'll just talk about why why is education of law enforcement um, the solution um, or a solution to combating the issue. Imagine that you are a cop or that you assume that this cop is actually aware of this crime occurring. 
But Brazil is a country that's so big and so uh, poor in some instances, especially in terms of public financing, where officers are badly equipped, uh, badly trained, and even badly compensated. And they're supposed to be the heroes that combat crimes that society sees as much more violent. And so when you have a police officer that also needs to address the crimes of human trafficking, in a society where <clears throat> the crime itself is often not even seen as a crime, but as merely labor or a work position. Um, and so to introduce education, to actually bring awareness to what the crime actually is, is a form of actually disturbing this system, is of rupturing uh, what's already been established. It's something that I believe in 5, 10, 20 years we'll truly see uh, the results of this work. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. Um, can you tell me then who are the voices of Traffic Watch Academy and why why is it important that we have this set of teachers? Um, it was not on purpose, but at the same time, it was very impactful that all of our voices are women. And so I was able to actually unite and bring together the voices of the most respected and influential women in the topic of human trafficking in Brazil. And so to have Gabriela, who's representing the federal police, having Tatiana, who is speaking on behalf of the public ministry of labor, and having um, Graziela, who is speaking on behalf of the victims and the supporting of victims, and having Juliana, who's speaking on the topic of the legal aspects and judicial procedures in Brazil, and having Analia, who's able to actually explain all of the details of human trafficking in a manner that's comprehensible and accessible to anyone. Seria a mesma coisa que você tem um óculos? It's like having some glasses que você está usando há muitos anos na sua vida. That you're wearing for many, many years. Mas as lentes não, estão, não são as corretas. But the lenses aren't the right ones. Então, quando você coloca as lentes corretas, and then when you finally put on the right lenses, você consegue ver claramente. You can see clearly. Então, Traffic Watch é uma oportunidade da gente dar lentes novas. And so Traffic Watch is an opportunity to bring forth new lenses. Para esse policial que está lá na frente, trabalhando e combatendo crimes. For that officer that's on the front lines, combating and fighting crime. That level of coordination and collaboration is rare in any country. Um, and so I think we can celebrate it everywhere, but especially in Brazil, um, and celebrate, celebrate that uh, collaboration. Okay, I asked Gabriela this question. What keeps you, Cynthia, encouraged in the midst of this hard work? Is there a story that sticks with you? Um, you know, is there a moment that sticks with you that always inspires you to keep going? I, eu, eu tenho uma história que é uma história que veio do Amazonas. Um, I have a story that actually comes from um, Amazonas. Um, so I, I have no idea of names or of details. Um, all I know is that through our training, the civil police of Amazonas, um, they were able to raid a 
a place where uh, a young adolescent girl was being held captive for uh, sexual exploitation and she was pregnant. And so this was an operation that actually involved multiple uh, law enforcement agencies. So the federal police was also involved. But what was very impactful for me is that girls from around 13 to 15 years old were disappearing. And many times they're found alive. E muitas vezes elas não são encontradas. And many times they're not found at all. And so what um, gives me hope and inspiration while I work with a very, very difficult theme is that we can save so many people without even knowing their names and transform their lives forever. E que a gente não precisa ter números. And that we don't need to have numbers. Porque a gente não somente salva as vítimas. Because we not only save the victims. Mas também os policiais, porque a gente tem oferecido para eles um olhar diferente. But also the police officers, um, whom we actually give a different perspective. Então, quando você oferece para um policial um equipamento que vai fazer com que seu trabalho seja reconhecido e seja bem efetuado, so when we give a police officer the equipment or training that will allow him to get his get their work done in a manner that's actually efficient and successful, você reconhece o trabalho dele e traz para ele esperança. You recognize their work and you bring them hope. Yeah, I I think. It's an honor to know that that's the perspective that we have leading us in Brazil, Cynthia. Um, thank you for holding that intention and for realizing just the undescribable like value of, of training and of education. Um, I think that's the, the kind of mentality that changes the world. And so I just couldn't agree more. Is there anything else that you'd like to add um, that I haven't asked you about? Anything that you want to talk about as it relates to Brazil or to the work of the Exodus Road? I just I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be working with this, with Exodus Road in Brazil, because as a Brazilian, I love my country and I love my people and I love the idea of bringing uh, this training, quality, efforts, all kinds of efforts in Brazil and having the opportunity to having conversation with federal police, public minister of labor and all the governments in Brazil. It's priceless. And I thank you, the Access Road, for the opportunity to allow me to do this in partnership with the Access Road. Until All Are Free is a podcast by The Exodus Road. We have a vision for a world in which humans are never bought, sold, or exploited. You can learn more about our work and get involved at theexodusroad.com. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Preston Goff. Thanks for listening. <laughs>